0: hey everyone this is Lindsay from i'll be there for you i just want to thank all of you who shared this show who listened to it in um its first season this was an experiment i wanted to try this year and it's been more fun and fulfilling than i could ever imagine so thank you to the people all over the all over chicago all over the united states all over the world who have come on this journey with us thank you to all my guests for your patience and your thoughtfulness and your insight and uh this is going to be our season finale and we will be back um we'll be back in february 2020 with more amazing guests if you are interested in being a guest and being a part of the show you can uh we'll be posting the guest intake form on our Facebook page, uh, Twitter, and Instagram at IBTFYPod. Thanks and glad you could come along for the ride. Now uh, let's hear from our friend Leanne Yopes. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another episode of I'll Be There For You, a podcast about pop culture and coping. I'm your host slash producer slash snack mom, Lindsay Ennett. And every episode I bring in a uh, funny or inspiring or interesting person, usually from Chicago, because that's where we are and geographical convenience. Uh, to talk about a piece of pop culture that got them through a difficult time in their lives. Why am I doing this? There are a million pop culture podcasts. You probably have your favorites, and that's cool. But I love talking to people about the things they love and how they care for themselves and their communities when the world is literally (laughs) on fire. My guest today is Leanne Yopes. She is a comedian writer storyteller the host and curator of appetite for rock and roll storytelling which is an awesome series here in chicago you want to tell us a little bit about it for the folks who aren't familiar
1: it's a monthly uh, storytelling show that's held at the elbow room every second wednesday um it's just generally about music and i feel that everybody can relate to it somehow whether they have a story about a song that they've grown up with that really means something to them their first dance first concert contestant on rock and roll jeopardy (laughs) (laughs) yes um, i feel like (laughs) (laughs) i feel like everybody has some type of story about how music relates to them
0: yeah it's awesome it's a great show i i was lucky enough to recently read at um at appetite and i learned more about bon jovi that (laughs)
1: evening than i had ever thought possible yeah since then i read the sebastian bach book and um he talked about the time that i saw don joe being concert as a kid because skid row opened for them oh shit yeah so it was pretty fun oh yeah was <laughs> funny <laughs> so yeah what are we talking about today uh this one's kind of bittersweet right now for me uh, luke perry uh from beverly hills 90210 in riverdale uh, it's uh just always been a fan of him since watching the show growing up, and have been fortunate enough to have met him a few times at some conventions and things. Because I also run a fan site called BH9021Whoa, <laughs> which is a Joey Lawrence Whoa.
0: <laughs> I'd love to hear more about your journey with 90210 to to kind of put everything into context. Uh, walk us through like the first time you watched the show and. Was there like a moment that really clicked for you of
1: like this is this is going to be my thing? early on, right when the series debuted pretty much, um, I started watching regularly when it first came out. Um, I was in fourth or fifth grade um, when it premiered and fell in love with the show. I was in uh, just I have an older brother and sister who are nine and twelve years older. so there's kind of an age gap, but I was always interested in what they were doing. and And it was a show about these pretty teenagers doing kind of bad things and teaching you life lessons. And where on the second episode is where Dylan appears. And ever since the moment that he stood up to those bullies in the computer lab, it just made my heart just swoon.
0: What was it about about Dylan and about Luke Perry specifically that that brought you in?
1: Uh, There's a kindness to him. Um, he was always a bad boy with a heart, like a little bit of a fixer-upper, but still there for you, <laughs> in a way. Uh, and I just always really liked his character, uh, uh, like at the time of, like, of course he's handsome and everything, with the sideburns and everything, and just uh, then more of that he was a surfer, he lived on his own, he, because they had his Parental roles weren't really around as often. Um, I always liked him and Brenda together um, as a couple. And then when he went with Kelly, it was all the drama. And I loved it at fifth grade. I thought it was, like, all my friends were talking about it. And he was just kind of like the it guy at the time. Um, I feel that a lot of times it's either between Dylan or Brandon and it kind of Tells like the personality of which one you you go after. And I guess always like, since I was a kid and I was kind of like that bad boy. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's one of those cases of like there are two kinds of people in this
0: world like Beatles and Stones, mm-hmm. Cosette and Eponine, Brandon and Dylan. Mm-hmm. So for folks that, that may not have, have grown up with 90210, what was kind of
1: what was Dylan's character arc in the in the show? Uh, so he played – he was a friend to Brandon first and then started dating Brenda um, throughout like, the very first season. He took her virginity at the spring prom. I guess there's going to be lots of spoilers for any of those people who haven't read it. I will <laughs> put a spoilers <laughs> warning up <on> top. <laughs> um, spoilers from 28 years ago, yes. <laughs> so, um, but I guess just like arc-wise, like, you know, he had the troubles with like both of his parents. Um, he – his dad, like, would always go in and out of his life. He lived in a hotel, like, like, but then, like, also, like, would go and like surf in Baja and go on trips and fought alcoholism in high school as well. And guys, uh, like, you, they, I think in the first season they have him going to an AA meeting and all this. Like, it was like all things that like, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with at the time of um, um, just growing up. with it, Like, nobody in my family that I had known about it, um, with that, but it just seemed like something that was a little bit surreal for me, like where you can identify enough with him, but there's still all these things going on with him that were still kind of a fantasy. You you mentioned it before and, and kind of brought it
0: up again, but for the the bad boy with a heart of gold archetype, what do you think it is about that archetype, specifically with for you and, and kind of more broadly that appeals to and connects with so many people?
1: Well, I mean, I feel like even like with my own dating life too, like where it's like I kind of like that little bit of a problem like where it's like just, that it's not necessarily easy with them like a like right away uh you know he kind of is on his own path but then yet when you kind of break down those walls like he's the one with the heart there for you and really genuine and yeah he's interesting i guess too like it's not just like a cookie cutter good guy <laughs> i think we're from
0: slightly different generations and i know for me it was uh ryan on the oc who mm-hmm. played a a very similar role like that boy with a heart of gold yep. it just shows the staying power of of that archetype and sure you know you see that now on, on luke perry's latest show riverdale
1: yeah like you have to kind of work for it you know like it's um was it handed everything i liked the oc as well but i just love teen dramas in general so oh my god i still i mean i know so many people who watch riverdale
0: i was always partial to degrassi which Mm -hmm. was the uh canadian teen
1: soap of of choice with that featured a very young drake Mm -hmm. did you watch the early seasons too then like the ones like back in like the late 80s uh i've never really had access to those. I'm sure I could find them, like, torrent them, or
0: they're probably buried on YouTube somewhere now, but definitely next generation. Like, all through high school, everyone else would be out partying, and I would be at home watching Drake fight his very Canadian demons. (laughs) Yeah,
1: the school shooting. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. They touched on good topics, even on the original, too. Um, They recently had it on Amazon, and I rewatched a bunch of it, and just the topics that they started even way back, like anything from shoplifting to there was one episode where I think it was Wheels, uh, where he like ended up like almost getting molested by like a strange old man in a car. Oh God! I yeah. know, terrible. But like, just crazy that they even touched upon it. Just, yeah, <laughs> I mean that was the
0: whole point of Degrassi was it yeah. was like an after school special on steroids. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, it was an after school special about the dangers of steroids. Mm-hmm. So you're at an age where you're growing up with the the teens of, of West Beverly. And, you know, like, how did it feel to kind of grow up with the show? And, like, how is your relationship to 90210 and, by extension, to Luke Perry changed over
1: time? Um, so when the show first came out, I watched the first four seasons all the way through, um, where I was a, a Shannon Doherty fan as well. And so then when she left the show, I, I watched a little bit because Tiffany Thiessen came on and played the, the new Bad Brunette <laughs> and uh, kind of tapered off a little bit then, like over the years, just like any like part of it was as I was getting older too, just got into different things. And by that point, like just wasn't as interested in all the characters and then actually watched the series all the way through. And it was uh, rerun on soap net. Um, then I just started it right from the beginning and then just went all the way through. Like there's times where, um, because Luke Perry actually left the show for a while and then came back and then still like one of those like where it's just kind of something where like I would just bring it into everyday conversation. Like I'd be walking down the street or something and be like, oh, this moment's just like 9 or 2 and, and like where like, it could just constantly be happening and that's why I ended up starting the fan site with it. Because I knew that there was other people who I would then have conversations with, with and we would start talking about it too. And I'm like, I know I'm not the only one who's doing this, like kind of bring everybody together. And when I first started my site, it ended up being like more like recaps of episodes and things and would have guest writers as well. But over time, has uh, moved on from being able to interview cast members and executive producers as well as uh, like work with a lot of other fans, um, which I think is really fun because there's like some people out in California who like there's this girl um, who has a website called I'm Not a Stalker where she tracks down filming locations. And a big focus on her site is um, on Beverly Hills 9 or 2 and 0, which is a lot of fun. So with the site, did you ever have an opportunity to interview Luke Perry? No, I asked him a question at Riverdale Penn. Like, I went up like, during his Q&A and ran right up to the stage uh, that was the second convention that I had met him at. Um, the first one was at Rewind RewindCon, uh, where there was a majority of the Nine or cast members. Um, I think it was Tori Spelling, Jenny Garth, Gabrielle Carteris, Jason Priestley, the dad, um, pretty much everyone, and then Luke Perry, of course, and then uh, the girl who played Emily Valentine was there, too. Wow. And it was an awesome reunion with that, and just... I was in heaven that whole weekend. Uh, there was other people from uh, Keith Coogan from Adventures in Babysitting and <laughs> all that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so much fun just being, like seeing all these people who you just grew up with everywhere. And, um, what a very specific and delightful convention. It was It was run terribly, but it was a lot of fun. Oh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, meeting Luke Perry, I can say that he is just so incredibly sweet. Uh, he was, like when you go up, he had... He just has some star power to him of where he could have a line, have the longest line at the convention, but he makes sure that every single person there feels like they're the only person there, especially in that moment. And uh, when I first met him, like, I was in line for the picture that I'd spent way too much money on, and uh, when he come up and he goes, like, I went to go and shake his hand, and he's like, oh, we hug, and I was like, oh, gosh, oh, Luke Perry, and then we touched faces and got a picture, and then I, I, I made all of my. Luke Perry fun Christmas cards from then. At yeah. Perry Christmas. Um, that was I hope. Yeah, that was this last year. I hope your holidays are Luke Perry and bright. Nice. And um, the first one was I hope your holidays are not lukewarm. Oh my and, gosh! And then my favorite was actually it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> that's excellent. And is it the same picture of you and Luke Perry? Um, different ones because I paid for multiple pictures while I was there. Like I'm like I'm never gonna get this chance. Um, but um, after the Q and A that they had for the nine or two and 0 panel there, um, he was just so sweet. Everyone was kind of. He was. He stayed around a little bit after everyone was exiting, and I went back up and I'm like, I'm gonna go in for another hug because when is when am I gonna get this chance again? And then I went in. And I'm like, I'm going in for another hug. It's like, I'm giving him Luke Perry. I know. <laughs> so that sweet.
0: So incredibly wholesome. Mm-hmm. Oh
1: my gosh, I love that. Uh, oh man, yeah. And then when I went to Riverdale Con, uh, it's one of those too, like where like does he remember who the fans who he's met multiple times or not? You know, like and again, like just like whether he did or not, he made me feel really special in that moment. Uh, that was the place to meet Luke Perry, though, was to go to a con- convention that was based on a current teen drama because everyone was there for the teens and not the old people on the show, and so. Uh, it was a pretty intimate convention too of like where there wasn't very long lines. There was like, it, I went to c 2 2 recently and like that was just crazy of how many people were there and just how big that was. And this was just in small, like it was in a hotel, but like just like a small area of it. And when I went up to him, like I told him that I had met him at RewindCon and he had just said, he's like, I thought I look, you looked familiar. And like then, um, <laughs> Just to be able to have that experience of being like, oh, hey, Luke Perry, we've met before. And then I told him about the Christmas cards, and I gave him his own. I sure hope you did. And he told me that he was going to hang them on his tree for his kids. So I don't know if that actually happened at all. Um, and <laughs> yeah, and I actually asked him to do the new Luke pun, and he was like, we're looking and good. And so
0: are you serious Mm -hmm. are you oh my gosh Mm -hmm. and you know what does that what does that mean for you to have you know that specific interaction with luke perry with someone you've you know admired for a long time and you know that i think that takes a degree of vulnerability to be like hey person i've been a fan of here is one very specific way that i express my intense fandom what do you
1: think so that's what's so interesting about it, too, is that it, you always, like, whenever you, like, meet a celebrity or anything like that, you're like, at C2E2, this last time, like, I was in, like, paid way too much for the Paul Rudd picture. And that one, where I was like, just don't say anything dumb to Paul Rudd. Like, Speaking of ageless wonders. Beautiful, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, just the whole time, like, stand in line for over an hour just to get it. And you're like, don't say anything dumb, don't say anything dumb. And like, then you're in the moment and you're like, I'm going to say something dumb. <laughs> and then, but also with Luke Perry, like it was a little bit different because I'm a fan of Paul Rudd, but you know, like if I him up nine or two, and I was a little bit different in the fact of having the fan site and just of how many times I've watched the show and been involved with the characters and everything too. And leading up to RewindCon, uh, I had actually uh, started dating a dillandale um where i would take pictures on instagram where we would go on dates like like make me dinner and like then we were like it was like a picture of the dillandale and i like reenacting the lady in the tramp scene with spaghetti (laughs) and then it kind of became a thing of where people would always want to see what like the next date was and uh i was on the steve harvey show about this and (laughs) wait what (laughs) yeah it was on the Ask Steve segment. Um, it was randomly that somebody, like one of the casting people just like found, I don't know if it was in like the comedy groups in Chicago or something, because they film here. And uh, somebody had asked if I had wanted to submit for the show, and you have to submit three questions. And I submitted this stuff about the Dylan doll, about being like, well, here's our dates that we go on. Do you think I could find a man that's like the character of Dylan? And um, when you're on the show, which is also an interesting Segment, two because I did not meet Steve Harvey or anything. Um, they just have you work with people on the show itself that they kind of coach you and have you repeat your question a bunch of times and give you a quick, like, fresh makeup touch up. And then all of a sudden you're in this huge crowd. There's Steve Harvey in front of you, but you don't actually meet him and then on that clip like I can tell everything that's edited on there and of like where like the laugh track comes in or <laughs> anything like that and like like I'm like I didn't react like that that way like I probably spliced like my reactions then too um, of parts that they had cut out because then when I asked him the question like they would they put all the pictures up on this like gigantic screen that was then on the show itself um, then he pretended to shoot himself in the mouth and over my question, which was real fun, that did not make the air. I would, I'm, I'm glad it did. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a little much. I thought it was a little much too. I was like, all right, Steve Harvey. But I did tell Luke Perry about how I date the Dylan doll um, when I went to Rewind Con and showed him some of the pictures. Um, one of my favorite picture was that I put the Dylan doll inside a birthday cake and he was naked, copping like, out with his hands up. Oh, God. And, <laughs> <laughs> um so when I showed that picture to Luke Perry, I uh, uh, told him about the Steve Harvey news, like, oh, my brother's a big fan of that show. And I was like, well, either your brother didn't watch my episode or he forgot to relay the message that was on there about dating your doll version. But um, when I showed him the birthday cake picture, he was really funny, where uh, he just laughs about it and he entertains it. And whether he thought it was funny or just some weird fan who dates a doll version of his character on 9 or 2 and 0 of... Uh, then he said that his butt really looked like that, and he was just really sweet. Like, just he was just a really, like, just charming person. Of just made you feel really special. That's all I can say about him. Um, the day that I found out, like, so when I first found out about him when he had the stroke, just received so many messages from people all over, and I was really holding out hope that he was just recovering, you know. And it uh, when the news actually came that he did pass away. Like then, it was just insane of just how many messages came up and everything. And that was the first celebrity death that I had cried over. Um, I'd been upset about other ones, but it was this moment that I didn't have to work that day. And when the news became real, I sat there, started crying and looked over and saw my silky Dylan pillow and looked up and there's all my pictures with him at rewind con. And I turn around and there's a cardboard cutout of, Luke Perry that I got from hosting trivia at a 90210 pop-up bar. I was like, what did I do to myself? He's everywhere. Like, it's all these reminders of it. And it's somebody who is a huge part of my life, but like, it's not somebody who I know personally, but like, has really affected me in a really positive way. And really just have to say, like, just hammer in that even though we, it, we may not have had, like, it wasn't like something I call or anything like that, you know, but it was in those moments that I met him, he made me feel like a friend and for that I'm really fortunate and just thankful for him
0: what would your response be to people who I think there's a lot of kind of mixed messy feelings about social media and grief and particularly grieving for celebrities or very public figures I mean as someone who and when Luke Perry passed away, you were the first person I thought of, and I'm sure there's a lot of people in like the live lit and comedy community who. What is your response to it? Like, I don't know. How do you relate to like grieving for the the process of grieving for like a very public like pop culture figure?
1: Um, well, with this, I think he just went in such a tragic way, and it happened just so quickly and unexpectedly mm-hmm. that. On, his sh- on the show, like, I'm so used to him playing characters where he regularly defied death. You know, like, where like, on 9 or 2 and 0, he was on his deathbed um, from heroin overdoses and things like that. And just, then on Riverdale, at, like season one finale of it's a clipping or whether he died or not. You know, and it's, he comes back. Like, it's like, even though it's a real person, you're just used to seeing him play these characters where he comes back. And then sadly he did it and it was it was really hard like I still think about him often too like not only is it because he's still all around my apartment and I have my t-shirts of him and everything else but I thought of his family a lot too of how they had to make that decision too of somebody in their lives um I had that experience with my grandma of where we had to make the decision as a family um whether to take her off life support when she did fall ill um, or to what next steps would be if we didn't, you know? And I thought about his family, especially the kids of where his daughter um, was out of the country actually. And then she flew back in. I think that they had actually kept him alive for that so that she could say her final farewell to him. And just thinking of all of that and just the grief and how close that is, It brought back feelings of that for me as well as just if somebody. It was weird because I felt that I was losing my identity in a way of something that I have so much fandom for and created this website and people know how much he affected me and all that. Like I heard because of social media, like not only like on people who I actually know, um, but I received messages from people from France, from Canada, like all over. Um, just saying like they would sent me messages on instagram about how they're so sorry for the loss and everything and like so that was really strange too in a way um, of creating something where people look to for entertainment um where it started with when i was at riverdale con like i looked like people will send me messages and they're like oh you're so lucky to have met him i've never been able to but i'm so happy you posted all of these things because it was living your weekend and getting to see all of this and providing content that way too but but like about my experiences with like those personal interactions that I'd had with him but then when he passed away like receiving messages like people were like oh I didn't want to look at your page today because I knew of how much it's going to affect you and like and also just complete strangers I have no idea who these people are like one-on-one and just reaching out to them too and just like I called my mom right after she was the first person I called and just, like wept on the phone, and like my mom loves the Beatles, so she had had that with a few of them passing, and she was really upset by it. And I think it's a little bit different when you have um, musical celebrities of how people. Like, when I, I was in a lift once, and there was uh, one of the drivers of when uh, Luke Perry had passed away, and she's like, Oh, because Prince was playing, and she's like, oh, oh, I had to my take, gosh. I had to take off of work when he passed away. And then I was like, oh yeah, I was really upset with Luke Perry, and like people were like, huh? Like right away, like it's I feel like there's a little bit of a difference in the type of celebrity and what they do. Part of the reason I'm running the show that I do is like of how music impacts you, but of how celebrities. Um, whether it's a certain role that spoke to you that they played that kind of sticks out to you as well.
0: You know, I remember in the the days after Luke Perry's passing, you know you were interviewed on WGN and on mm-hmm. all these radio shows. and what was it like kind of being a, a fandom spokesperson for that 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 grieving process?
1: Um, that was interesting too, actually, like really like, it's didn't cause of having my own feelings to it, but then kind of being a voice for a community in a way with that of the fans, like we really stick together. Like we call each other peach pit pals and oh my uh, gosh, that's precious. yeah, it's really sweet. i am actually, I'm so excited. This is another, like, I'm doing my ultimate nine or two and O trip this summer, uh, where uh, over Labor Day weekend, I'm going to a live uh, podcast recording by Brian Austin Green, who played David Silver on the show. And it's being held in the halls of the real West Bev. And then uh, there's going to be cast members there as well as like you get to go to where the peach pit was filmed or where that yeah, where it was filmed. And then they're having an after party and things of where you get to exchange an egg, like the euphoria episode. And, um, uh, but it's bittersweet because he's not there anymore. Like they're having the reboot of the show that's coming out and of where my fandom has taken me of being able to create this content for other fans too. I um, talking to some of the executive producers and one of them said, Larry Mullen, um, he was like, there's a tear in the zip code that will never be replaced. And it's just so sad. Oh my like, I know.
0: Yeah. And how did, you know, you built this fan site you, you know, are a curator within this fandom. How did being involved in that community and the community you built get you through the this this time?
1: Just, like, messaging at each other, too. Like, we're just kind of, like, checking in, you know, like, or honestly, like, so where my fandom has changed on it, I haven't actually been able to watch a full episode of Beverly Hills 902.0 since. Um, I've seen clips, of course, um, right after... I did not. I picked up the magazines, but I didn't. It took me a few months to actually read them and watch any of the the show. Like there was a, I think it was on A and E or something, but there was a good like a documentary on him, and just that took a while. Like when they then they replayed his SNL episode, and I made my mom DVR everything for me, and just went up and when I was visiting one time, just went and watched it in Wisconsin. And yeah, it's interesting when it's a celebrity um, because I feel. That like there is still that out of touch in a way. Like people might like it, people when they think of men or two. Like everyone will go and send me messages, but like if they see something, you know, like if they're at the store and they like see a T-shirt or something, I'll get a text message or something, you know. And just, where when it's somebody who's personal in your life, um, not that people don't reach out, but I feel that there's a difference in it when it's a celebrity versus somebody who you. Regularly talk to because uh, since he had passed away, um, my oldest nephew passed away as well. Oh my
0: god, I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah, and um, I feel like it's silly, and sometimes we like just tell like tell ourselves these things. But I feel like my relationship with Luke Perry, uh, where he was kind of an angel for me in this case, where he's like, "You're going to be upset about me. And it might make you sad, but I'm preparing you for worse in a way. You know, and it was just kind of." We're like losing somebody who I've grown up with in a different capacity. Is like that too. That's oh my gosh, that's absolutely horrible.
0: Yeah, so sorry. Looking
1: back, you know, it's been
0: about a year. How do you how do you relate to all of this? Like how what's your relationship with all of this now?
1: um so with my fans, that like, I've actually haven't been posting as much or doing things, like, also just because of the reason lots of my family mm-hmm. have kind of hit some creative roadblocks and things. of uh, getting past that now um, as time has go- gone on, uh, but initially, like, just, I was like, there's things that are more important, like, and just don't need to do this right now. And when Luke Perry passed, um, I had reached out to um, just other people who have followed my site and things about if they wanted to put any tidbits together and I'm still working on it about putting together the fan article on what Luke Perry meant to us and it's from all over the world and all that but like I haven't actually done that yet because then I had the other loss of where he kind of got sidetracked on on that too like where it's still very important to me and but I'm grieving in another way right now that I haven't been able to actually put out the other article Oh,
0: absolutely. And yeah. these things, you
1: know, it's, it takes time. It's not linear. and Yeah. Like what, like, what can like offset it, you know, like where it gets easier, but like, it's not as big of a focus day to day, but like I still think about it every day and grief's interesting. Like I haven't had this type of loss before. Like if somebody like so, so close to me, just like ripped out of my life this way. And so it's been a lot on the whole family and everyone's been really sweet, but where the, I guess like the difference in like how people reach out to that, like where it's like I would like the day that the period passed away, like my phone just like just blew up. Like I actually had to like turn off my phone. And I went to see a movie and I was like I upset, but I don't want to keep checking my phone either and getting because like then I would get upset every time I would get a message too. Like it was really thoughtful from everybody and I really appreciate it too. But it was just too much like initially and because I was still processing it too and. Then, um, but because it's a celebrity is still somebody who is, it, there's still like that out of touch in a way, you know? And where then when I had such a close passing, people were at that, but you felt they were just like really sad for me, you know, because of like, then you start to think about if somebody close to you were to lose somebody and like how that would affect them and everything. And still like people like are really super think they know what to say. Right. I, you know, it's, it's definitely, you yeah. know,
0: two very different losses and I you know, I think when it there you know, when it is a celebrity or an important cultural figure, there's there's a distance between it where I mean, I think in a lot of ways fandom makes us more empathetic and makes us, you know, want to reach out to people, but it also, you know, there's that still that sense of, oh, you know, this is somebody who was in your life mostly at a distance, whereas when it's someone extremely like a close family member it's a very different experience and it's because there's not that distance it's a little harder to navigate and sometimes to know what to say or how to react
1: yeah um when it happened to you on both ends where i'm like well wherever they're at maybe they cross paths and like said hello <laughs> you know, like it's somewhere like you know like, like, just like looking down wherever they're at and i don't know it's just yeah, it's been a big year. That's all I'm going to say. It's been a lot um, getting by and I think it's great of everything that has come out about Luke Perry and just about how genuinely sweet he was. Um, um, right after he had passed, there's all these articles about like there's one about like Colin Hanks was talking about how like he was on an airplane and like gave these balloons to kids and things like that to like help like and like how he like changes neighbors' lights for them outside and things like that and that was him, though. Like we we're like at the, going back to like at, being able to meet him, where he it was just the two of you when you were there, right in that moment. Uh, you could be standing in line, and he's aware of everything else, you know. And, like, it he was there for his fans and for his family and everything too. And it's just really unfortunate, and just kind of a reminder of how fast life can pass. And actually it
0: brings me to a question I like to ask everyone that comes on the show, which is you know, especially during. Difficult times like this, what do you do? And given the situation, I usually ask, "What do you do outside of pop culture to practice self or community care?" But I'd like to hear both. In this case, within
1: and outside of pop culture, to practice like self and community care. With two big losses like this and like, that have personally affected me in this way, like with Luke Perry, it helped to write about it bit and it helped to talk to other fans um, about their own experiences and like when I collected those stories from other fans of just how much he meant to them too that actually helped me cope a little bit um, in pop culture wise at least with that and like just like it, it's been a little bit difficult because it was a show that I would watch war and escape and now a big part of it is missing and so I don't use that anymore. Um, like I'm not being able to watch a whole episode yet. Um, just rewatching it is just different. Like, I'm really excited for the reboot, but it, I know it's going to be different too. Like I'm excited to see all of them together, but it's just going to be a little bit sad and watching the first episode of Riverdale after that too. Like when they had the, it had it pop up like in, like in memory of Luke Perry, like that was really hard to see. And, um, I guess just self care is just, looking for other outlets too, you know, like a like brother, like right now with my nephew of like, that's so like, we're when it's nice outside, go for a walk. And we're just trying to like journal a little bit more and like, keep on with the creative process of what did make me happy before all of this had happened and try to keep that going as well. And you thank you mm-hmm. so much for taking the time to share your story,
0: share your experiences with, uh, I'll be there for you. Is there anything else about Luke Perry or otherwise that you would like to add that we didn't uh, cover?
1: Uh, I'll tell you my favorite story of meeting him at Riverdale Con. uh, I just think that everybody should hear this story. Um, Just to kind of show you how he was. uh, Day two, uh, there was an emergency on the blue line, um, so I'd almost missed my photo opportunity with him. And at a lot of conventions and things, they're not very lenient. When you miss these, you just simply lose out on the money for what you pay for it. Uh, but since other people were affected by it, they did let us come in. And uh, when I came up, so like he had, I just met him again the day before, and this time he definitely remembered me and went up. Uh, and I think it was honestly one of those timing things. of If that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have seen this moment. But they're playing Van Halen's Panama, and as I was walking up, Luke Perry was just like drumming on the wall, singing along. To Panama. Amazing. And then we got our picture taken. And my very favorite moment is when I ended that weekend with him, like went up to his table one last time and he was wearing this shirt with the dog on it that was looking up and uh, when they go, get the last picture with him and He was on one side, and he's like, no, I'm going to run to the other side so that we have the dog looking at you. (laughs) And, like, made a dumb joke about, like, how then it looks like the dog is checking me out. He was like, him and everybody else in your polka dots. And now I get to say I was hit on by Luke Perry. (laughs) That is an amazing story, and I'm very glad we get to end on that. (laughs)
0: Leanne Yopes, thank you so much. Uh, where can people find you and your work online?
1: Um, my Instagram for uh, Beverly Hills is bh9021woa, uh, W-H-O-A. Um, and uh, then Appetite is every second Wednesday at Elbow Room. Um, then also my website is just bh9021woa.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been I'll Be There For You. We put out new episodes every other Sunday to help you beat those Sunday scaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Please like the show, share the show with your friends, leave those sweet, sweet five-star reviews, and we're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IBTFYPod. And if you would like to be a guest and share your equivalent of 90210 or Luke Perry, you can email at Pod at gmail.com. Thanks and take care, everybody.